Spread a console, the golden disc Maximals came after them And they crashed both their ships Landed on the earth with two moons They fought in the beast wars I mean, what else were they gonna do? War and beast War and beast We talk about the penultimate countdown it's the war and beast podcast i'm greg i'm emily <laughs> i'm jordan and i'm kendall and this week we are reviewing transformers war for cybertron siege episode five once again i held up my fingers and i i really don't know why since this isn't a video recording at all but you know like kendall said method acting Ah, interesting episode. We're going to be getting into it. But, uh, Kendall, did we have anything on IMDb this week? Uh, yes. The opening sequence to the series begins with Bumblebee and Wheeljack. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Yes, we do have, we do have some trivia. Spoilers, uh, to, uh, the last week's episode, I guess. Um, in the original Transformers run, Jetfire was created by the Decepticons but became an Autobot, so it's no surprise he defected in this episode. And the Siege toy figure of Jetfire features a reversible Autobot slash Decepticon insignia, giving further hints at his defection to the Autobot cause. That's cool. God oh, damn it, that makes me want that. that even more. I yeah. don't want it for that much money, though. Can somebody <laughs> buy it and then, like, go bankrupt? Or just, you know, give gift it to me. Yeah, listeners, you guys like me, right? Put it on your Amazon <laughs> wish list. There you go. I don't even I'm I'm t i am i do not know how that works. <laughs> Neither do that, I, but I that, still that tried. website you, Amazon, that's the website where you buy books, right? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, that's it. That's all you mm. buy from it. Yeah. And, and the website and, for that is Amazon.ca. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Um, <laughs> they're re-releasing the game for that. Finally. Oh, they are. Uh, that's that's one. good. That's good. It's yep. supposed to be it's good. To yeah, they're they're making a making a complete edition of it. And I liked the original game and was never able to finish the DLC. I was never able to buy the latest one, which is Wallace Wells. So now I can finally play as Wallace Wells, and I'm excited Great. about that. Sucks that Ubisoft sucks, but I'm yeah. I'm excited for the game. Everybody still. sucks. There's all these new game stuff going on. It kind of makes me sad that I don't have any new game systems. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully the, the the you know like the Xbox One and the PS4 will go down in price after like yeah, the new crossed. ones come out. It, I don't think you nice. need the new ones right away for sure. Yeah, I have a Nintendo console for the first time, and when did the N64 come out? Oh I, God, I don't like, know. When N64 was like ninety six. 
Yeah. Six. I look it up now. Yeah, that's around when I would have. My last bought a a Nintendo console. I feel like that's something that's changed about me since the since the original. Twenty six. I was right. June twenty third. Because I have (laughs) I have like all the consoles now, and by all of them I mean I have a PS four and a Switch. (laughs) So, but like you know, I can play modern games. I played. I well, I own the that game with Norman Reedus that the Let's Plays people don't like. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, uh, but I own it, and that's the important thing, right? <laughs> I, I will tell you that the game's on for everyone for sure. I like the gameplay a lot. The storyline is garbage. Yeah, like, the gameplay is actually really fun to me, but it is just like going on a hike simulator, <laughs> which I like though. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, several times I've heard like it's not so much as the gameplay so much as that the the i guess you could say the pretentiousness of the of the story gaining up its own ass really starts to wear on them by the second half of the game and that's what really it gets really offensive too it gets ridiculous like it it gets like it gets really really downtrodden on them by the second half but otherwise it also it has it has has lines like you're my mario and i'm princess beach that's the thing that happens in it that's the line that gets said <laughs> so I mean, um, it's 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 like, not I, like they I, wouldn't say not play it. I don't think anyone has been any of them who, even if they don't like and have said like if you ha- if you got it or if you're I going to get it. Who have said who have said it's just terrible? I've heard people say that. And even like, then, like when someone says that to me, that doesn't necessarily mean like don't play it. That just means like they did not like it. Well, I don't think I don't think what Kendall was that's what he meant either when he said that. But yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, yeah. it's definitely a divisive game because some people really, really yeah, like it, and some people really, really don't like it. And I probably am not going to play it because I bought it for my wife. Um, uh, I and feel like, impo- if, and if she probably if, won't if, play it either because uh, she's got a lot of games that she's like are you know in her backlog. Uh, but it made her happy that I bought it for her, and that's the important thing. So that uh, is why it's, the important thing is that is that I own it. Man, I know about oh, backlog. Okay, so I still have to beat Super Mario three. <laughs> but I, I just really wanted to say, like, do you know, like the the game series, like American Truck Simulator or European Truck Simulator? I've mm-hmm. heard of them. Where yeah. the, the whole game is like you're just playing as a truck driver, and you and it's not like it's not video game eyes. It's just a sim of you being a truck driver going on a journey, delivering stuff and just enjoying that. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what Death Stranding is like a little bit, except it's walking instead of being like in a truck or Mud Runners is another good like example. Well, I'm generally a fan like, of walking simulators, so. <laughs> yeah, you might like it then. Like, uh, so it's like, so you're saying it's like, it's like, uh, crap, what's that one called? Gone Home. Gone Home. Yeah, it's like Gone Home. I will the say the biggest difference between it because between gone home and this is that gone home is like literally just press forward to go there's not really any gameplay involved with walking the gameplay in death stranding is all about walking like you got to balance your character actively while you're walking because he's got this huge backpack on and you got to like kind of like you gotta have god it was so fun watching there's a lot of control involved in just walking is what i'm saying Uh like yeah Oh my god! How how have we so spent it's the more past like, six minutes it's more like what remains of Edith Finch? Because you had to like Maybe. you I had to like that. spin the thing to turn the door. 
that's a joke too because that's another one that's like that. um i'm sure that i'm sure else? that it is nothing like those so so yeah so that's the trivia okay. <laughs> we just went Jordan, on a tangent <laughs> i mean it's fun to talk about other it's okay things it's about okay it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. emily and i are getting along this week that's that's a good thing hey you guys get along every week so let's see we got a couple of things here for example uh this i found interesting was that it me- in transformers reference it mentions that that uh bumblebee mentioned a former seeker named dreadwing so apparently there are four dreadwings he could be referring to oh there is a combiner uh that of uh uh a decepticon combiner that's made from uh darkwing and dread dreadwind that's called Dar- uh dreadwing uh, but also <laughs> but also <laughs> uh dreadwind is sometimes also known as Dre- dreadwing because of uh naming issues but there was also a, a generation 2 transformer decepticon named dreadwing and there's also a prime character named dreadwing yes he was one of the um one of the predacons if i remember correctly don't forget well, about uh, about Dreadwing. Uh, he was uh, Night Scream's original sidekick. <laughs> that was a really bad joke. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was always called Darkwing. <laughs> I thought that was uh, <laughs> Darkwing Duck. Um, I thought Launchpad <laughs> was a sidekick. <laughs> Which, by the way, I watched the first episode of Darkwing Duck when I got when it came on Disney Plus. That show does yeah, yeah. not hold up. I know. I, I was surprised. so sad. So, did you watch bad. the actual first episode or the pilot episode? I, it was I whatever was the first I, I watched, episode. I, okay, on. I watched like three and it did not hold up. Yeah. Like, I you I watched Rescue Rangers and like the same night that show fucking holds up. That show is great. Darkwing Duck. I was so disappointed from going from Rescue Rangers to Darkwing Duck because I'm like, well, that was awesome. Well, let's go back to Darkwing Duck, and it was really bad. Uh, <laughs> I think it was uh, only later. I. Have you gotten to like? Have you checked some of the later episodes? Because I I think maybe, maybe some of those. Maybe it's better later, but I, I but need I don't to like, think have some ones, yeah. where to start. I think does not surprise me. Does not surprise me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Greg, you meant like the the pilot, like somewhat movie thing that they did, where yes. he had to fight. What is his name? Taurus, Taurus Bulba. Taurus Bulba. Not, and not the actual yeah, what I what I yeah. watched was a twenty minute episode, and it did not hold my attention long enough for me to know whether it was his origin story or not. Okay, it yeah, so wasn't. it was probably yeah, it probably wasn't like the pilot. Yeah, the pilot but, was was like three episodes. I feel like I feel like gargoyles. I I couldn't get through the, like the pilot movie still. thing, but I have really? a feeling it would get better. It's just like I think sometimes when they do those three episode pilots, they just take too long. It's like more than three. It's like that's like five episodes. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. movie. Like, but like I, it's that's like I think it's a really good story. So I don't really mind it. But like, sure, I can kind of see it getting. It, it does drag on a little bit. It, yeah, it, it would have been great. I would have really enjoyed it if I saw it in the nineties when I wasn't um, being like <laughs> shiny squirrel. You also might have liked it more if it was like presented as a movie and not like five episodes because that just makes it feel yeah. like really weird. Like when I was a kid, I had I had 
it was a Gargoyles movie and it came with a board game that was a VHS board game that you could play along with the video and it was yeah. amazing. But yeah, it, I watched that movie a ton. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the other thing. It, that, that's the other thing about Gargoyles is unlike unlike like Batman the animated series, I just I almost never actually watched Gargoyles as a kid. So I have like it does not trigger my nostalgia like at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it does it's, it's kind of hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I'm not. I'm not I, saying I, that. I'm not saying that. Like that. Like that's the only reason that those shows are good. But it does allow you to, I think, forgive some of their imperfections, or like, or like, pay attention, or move past, or like, I know this show gets better, so I'm going to actually watch it instead of watching the next Netflix thing. Um, so how's this? How's the show start? Or or do we haven't done TF Wiki yet? We got a few more. Um, <laughs> so they mentioned, so they mentioned the lion's hot. <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, the Sea of Rust has appeared in other media, notably being the place of origin for the Rust Renegades in the Combiner Wars toy line. So this is like I think one of the more uh, obvious references to the Sea of Rust that we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, Sound Blaster having a partner in Buzzsaw is parallel to Logos Prime and Hellblazer Hell from Galaxy Force, which apparently That's is a- like another version of this same character. Galaxy hmm. Force is that a ver- is that a season? That is Power a, that is a later like. Uh, it, it was like a primarily just. The same thing. <laughs> it, it was a primarily Japanese show. Yeah. Um, and then we also have, a and couple then they of moved it to, they brought it to the United States, recast it with American actors, but still used the, the fight sequences with the Japanese. I understand. <laughs> and then they referenced it in that one Akiva Rangers episode where they were wearing American belts. Mm. Um, so we, it says here that both RC and cliff jumper got their own, uh, new toys in earth rise. Uh, but the designs for them were pre- presumably not ready to be used in a Siege cartoon. So as a result, we got a cliff jumper that uses a Bumblebee's recolored character model. And RC uses a new model based on her general character design rather than any pre-existing toy. Well, that's good. Yeah. Meanwhile, Moonracer's model is rescreened from Chromia, which unfortunately makes her look very, very much like her. Yeah. And very hard to tell them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it also mentions that a uh, Sound Blaster's design looks a little bit different from his uh, Siege toy, but mostly that is be- probably because they use the same character model that they did for Sa- Soundwave. Oh, yeah. Sound Blaster has a Siege toy? Uh, apparently, yes, he does. Because, spoiler I alert, I liked his design and I ha- Soundwave is my least favorite Transformer. Like in every, in every form, I always hate his design, but there was something about, I know, but there was something about sound blaster. Maybe it was, maybe it was like a combination of the, of the, of the, the, the little origin story we get or the, or the, the voice actor's performance or the swagger or something that I'm like, I like like, that guy. I just like the colors more too. Maybe I, I, but I hate orange, but maybe, but he's a bad guy. So you should so like he's black I, and red, isn't he? He's black and red. His chest is yeah. is a reddish orange. Yeah, it's like it's a reddish orange. orange. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it, his toy though, doesn't have the same doesn't character. have the same kind of badge <laughs> that he does in the show. Like it, it has a normal. His toy has a normal Decepticon badge. Uh, but 
Let's see. What else does it say? Um, I, I, I want to ask something. Sound Blaster is not the guy in the movie that was on the Autobot side, right? No, no. that's not just the same Blaster. Guy. Yeah, his name is Okay, because their names are very similar, and I'm yes, very similar to like yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, I'm like, I was like Blaster. When I when I first saw this episode and I heard Sound Blaster, I'm like, oh well, maybe they did a rename of Blaster, and so we're gonna yeah. have like this jive, which this you know sort of jive in you know musical sort of character as like a the one who. Party. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of cool. And then I saw Sound Blaster, and I'm like, oh, it works too. But it, for a second there, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be kind of cool. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sharing my screen. I can just show you guys. I don't have to. <laughs> that looks, that looks, a, that's a pretty good looking toy. I'm on screen. Oh. Oh, am Come I on. not sharing my screen? I am not no. seeing it at the moment. Oh, oh, no. Well, I better do that but before I do, we have I do see the, clip. ooh, I do see the link, though. Yes, I do see the link. Ooh, that is rather cool. That's a cool toy, yeah. Yeah, like I've said before, there's a lot of toys in this line that I really like, but... like the cracked screen a lot. That's really... Yeah, nice the battle piece. damage. Yeah, and which which a lot of the toys, even though the char- even though like the, the characters in the show are like battle damaged, a lot of the toys are not battle damaged. This um, one is. But this one is, yeah, and I like I yeah. like that design. I, like I guess I guess it kind of goes into his character a lot because he seems like kind of a scrapper, like you know, mm-hmm. yeah. he's kind of like a a warlord of <laughs> like the gang kind of thing. Yeah, like mm-hmm. even the even the paint on the like near the what feet? is his alt form? I think it's, it's some sort of hover hovercraft, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so he's not just a cassette player. No, no, no. Some maybe sort that's of why I like him. <laughs> I mean, I think Soundwave probably isn't in this either. Yeah, so both both of them can turn into that hovercraft kind of form. We did that in like the War for Cybertron video game, where like he was just like a car that looked like it had maybe a good sound system. <laughs> like I don't know, like it was <laughs> it was kind of weird. But ah, but he's like this guy's freaking forty five dollars, seventy That's bucks, too much. Though, so <laughs> seventy for us Canadians. Yeah, four, 44.95. Also, I need more good guy transformers. The bad guys are getting out are outnumbering. <laughs> right now, right now, what I have on my uh, on my dresser is Starscream, Tankor, Shockwave, and uh, okay, movie okay. Optimus Prime. I have a movie Optimus Prime, which is so all four Starcraft. all four villains. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the final trivia piece we got here is that Prowl's detonator, uh, for something which we'll get into a little bit more, is also a model for the Cybertronian scanner used in Transformers Prime. Again, probably an asset reuse because of, you know, Polygon Pictures worked on Prime. Yeah, makes sense. And that's really all we have here for for this episode uh, on the TF Wiki. Okay, so... Getting into the episode at hand, we open up with uh, Kendall's favorite character, Soundwave, uh, looking at uh, scans of what we saw last episode with the Alpha Trion protocols and reporting to Megatron that with the death of Ultra Magnus, that a protocol containing a hidden code has gone throughout the, the planet. Uh, and that it apparently traveled from point to point 
sort of piggybacking on processors throughout the planet. Much of them were built by the Autobots. See, this is also something new that I found interesting to world building, that the infrastructure has basically Autobot uh, created things. Yeah. Like they were like they were like the the uh, I don't know the main construction company that built everything. Mm. Yeah, because they they say that the majority of like it, it sort of gets alluded to a little bit later as well, but the majority of the infrastructure of the planet is Autobot in design. So interesting little tidbit I thought too. Mm-hmm. So here's the here's the 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 clip that's part of that. I have a virus in my project vault that can be programmed to eradicate the Autobot code. Another one of your secret experiments that we don't know about. (laughs) Tell me more. I love that line so much. Yeah. I like how he's like, oh, you're hiding stuff from me, but also hitting me up. A large percentage of Cybertron utilizes Autobot mainframes. The Decepticons would be adversely affected. Shockwave, you're certain this virus will destroy the clandestine Autobot code? Yes, Lord Megatron. I must caution. Planet infrastructure will be greatly damaged. How do you suggest we deploy such a virus? By utilizing the code's host. <laughs> can't hear that on the clip yeah <laughs> and it's that is like when i watched the episode again and and got to that particular part i'm like that is some really dark stuff for a tv y7 That's, show i mean <laughs> yeah. he was already he was already doing a genocide but this is just like an even more violent it, it's all violent genocide but it's like murder genocide rather than cultural genocide like it was before and now it's like oh well and it's okay. really bad they're I'm both really bad with... it just yeah. like it's a raise of mistakes that's like god damn it we already have enough to worry about fuck <laughs> yeah yeah i mean later on it it, it kind of looks more like oh no this is only affecting like the 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 buildings the the machinery the stuff like that this isn't affecting the actual like it just seems cybertronians like, well, but but at the that, point like, yeah at the earliest it does sound like oh my god it's going to infect every single autobot yeah yeah well, I, I, was, I thought it was I just was, like a, a kill code and i'm like fucked up yeah well, the thing that that messed me up was oh megatron's like eh, well i've already done genocide what's a little body defiling for right between right. between yeah. folks yeah, it's it's uh yeah, he's, I I just love I just love that it's like a it's a it's it's like a meta moment and this this the show doesn't get too too meta. Like it's it's not up its own whatever, but uh it's up, it's not up its own exhaust pipe, but but there are there are a few moments throughout this that are that are just a little bit meta and he's like, "Okay, Shockwave, you've got another thing up there but that you're going <laughs> to hand out." I'm obsessed with things up people's butts, apparently, in this line of conversation. I apologize for that. Uh, but I'm 
tired and metaphors are hard. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, but he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, that might be the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's, but yeah, he's like, uh, but, but yeah, he's like, okay. Yeah. Just, t- just tell us what it is. We're not going to go through the process of me, of me, uh, you know, admonishing you for having yeah, yeah. something up sleeve. It is interesting though. Now um Soundwave who um again this is kind of uh this is this is obviously inspired a lot by the IDW comics and probably mm-hmm. other stuff too that I don't know about. But Soundwave now is has become sort of the Decepticon moral compass guy. Yeah. Like you know, not only he's like, you know, there are if you're extra super evil, there are bad things that will happen. Maybe you should think twice about this. Um, and Soundwave is another is a character in the IDW who is, I think he's like he's like a Decepticon but Autobot ally or something. Is his allegiance in the in the comics or or yeah, in one by, of the runs of the comics by the Optimus Prime run of stuff where they're like where it's basically everything is a lot has gone down and is kind of coming towards the apocalypse of. Right. Uh, of uh, Unicron, mm-hmm. he's basically like a Decepticon adjunct to the the Earth Force set of Autobots. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he's so he's sort of another one of these not necessarily pure evil Decepticons, which I which I really like in this series. That like you and can be you can be a decent you can be a decent person, but be on the wrong side of a of of a dispute. Yeah. And I think also at that point that uh, Megatron was fully an Autobot as well, because but he was on the Lost Light, which was like they were stuck in some kind of weird. Yeah, I didn't universe read that thing, book. so no one. But yeah, but I'm just saying it's like no one like this whole ship of a bunch of uh like important uh, uh, Autobots and another and other Cybertronians just like up and disappeared. And they all mm. thought they were dead, but they were just like stuck in another dimension mm. and yeah. they were stuck trying basically try trying to get their way back through that. And at some point they picked up Megatron and he kind of just became an Autobot by that, by want of like after everything that happened with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of craziness. That's why they rebooted yeah. the universe eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, uh, just another, it's just interesting how we had, how we've had kind of a, a, de- a really like a, a string of, of Decepticons, you know, there's like the there's this implication that that Ultra Magnus and Optimus were on the same side as Megatron early on in in this conflict, and then mm-hmm. and then you know that and then there was some kind of schism there. You have you have the purple guy that that uh, got left for dead and is basically joined the Autobots now, even though he's he's like I'm you know I'm unaligned, but also but I don't want to fight the. You know, I didn't. I didn't sign up for being genocide guy, or or no. That well, that's Jetfire, but whatever, whatever purple guy said. Um, but then you have Jetfire, who is like, you know, he who was a really in in Megatron's inner circle and saw the terribleness and his and his switch sides. And now we have Soundwave, who is who has taken that role of moral compass. Although Soundwave is definitely not. He's he's more uh, uh, pragmatic with his. 
with his moral compassness. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. He's I like, was gonna say he's more just like we're we're gonna we're gonna break our own shit if we do this. Like yeah. we shouldn't do that. Yeah, and, which which we'll, and we'll see, but we'll see if we'll see if that um like down kinda, going forward in in Earthrise and and beyond uh if that leads to to him taking some steps but it's just like i don't know it's 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 refreshing that not every single decepticon like that was a problem in beast wars where like every single uh predacon except for maybe uh black arachnia later on and and uh or like, and, and silverbolt like all, of course all, all the ones all the ones that showed any kind of like um goodness then eventually became maximals so like yeah 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 yeah. they but mostly they but mostly they were all like just out to stab each other in the back um or (laughs) to work or or you had scorponok and uh uh inferno who were basically just worshiping megatron but like it was like everybody especially by the end of the series there were like 45 different predacon factions they were all (laughs) You, you know all working against each other uh but uh and then all the maximals were together but somehow the maximals couldn't couldn't get it together even though the predacons were a mess <laughs> probably because they had no end game oh <laughs> well, yes getting back to the episode so we, then we the, get... then we have the in, the intro yes we, <laughs> we have we have the intro an hour into our recording we're, we're at the intro yeah um we we've then have the the Autobots who are not interrogating, but they're questioning Jetfire, who's sort of locked up in a cell as to, uh, to w- how he found them, why he came. Um, and of course, they're worried that, you know, others know, and he's sort of putting, trying to put their minds at ease. He's the only one who knows. So it, this is proof, Greg, that you were wrong two episodes mm-hmm. ago. He, yeah. They definitely found the Autobot base. Yeah. And the stuff. I can admit I was wrong. Okay. So that's that's the important thing. You mm-hmm. thought they didn't? I thought it was the Space Bridge. Like, I thought that they had found Mirage's group at the Space Bridge. And that Uh-oh. they thought that was the base. But maybe I was mistaken. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, You're allowed to be wrong once. But, the- <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but again, Jetfire reiterates that he doesn't want to be part of a genocide. And that Megatron's... You know, Megatron has essentially gone to a place that I am not willing to follow. He also and, specifically yeah. points out him shooting down uh, Magnus in cuffs. Yes. He says, Megatron, you're breaking my heart. Seems going to a place that I shocking. cannot follow. Ultra Magnus <laughs> it, it has told shock- me terrible things that you murdered younglings, that you turned <laughs> to the dark side. <laughs> Go ahead, Em. Okay. <laughs> I kind of lost my train of thought, honestly. <laughs> uh, what was it? like? We were talking about Jetfire and how Magnus was shot. Oh, yeah. Everyone seems really shocked that, that Megatron did that. Like, they knew he was getting going far, but they, they still didn't expect he would do that. Yes. So that's interesting that, like, they didn't... They they know they know he's at the point of genocide, but that still shocks them that he would be that dishonorable, that he would shoot a prisoner... Like, right. Yeah. He's violating the Robot Geneva Convention. Yes. Mm. The Tyrus Accords. <laughs> How dare I, you just know what that is on the top of your head? It's like, oh, yeah, actually, that is half me making it up, half possibly, I think it is an actual thing. 
I, that sounds right. That that does sound yeah. right. And also, don't be ashamed of knowing that, Jordan. This is I I applaud Jordan just pulling it out of the ether there. We've Even done, if it is made up, I am impressed. We've done 375 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> we we should all know what the Robot Geneva Convention is. I it's kind of embarrassing the fourth that we don't. It's laws of robotics at this point. <laughs> I don't think they follow those laws of robotics. Fourth at all. laws yeah. of robotics. Yeah, they've they 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 weren't developed until in, until uh, until post post until this until the next generation. Oh, um, that's true. Yeah, it, the fourth and fifth laws of robotics is that it's basically anytime any anytime a, a anytime a robot is is having an internal dialogue. They have to say it out loud. I forgot about, I and forgot that about they this. don't know. <laughs> and that they don't, and that they don't know that they're saying it out loud. Okay. Uh, it was funny. Cause I was thinking about that last week. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What were the fourth and fifth laws that we said again? Oh, like that. I had to go back. I'm like, Oh yeah. I don't, although there isn't any internal, there isn't any, there aren't any internal monologues in the show. No, I can't. I can't remember if there's an, if there are instances of like the sort of uh, vocal asides. No, I don't think so. I think no, they, add, I I think think. they um, they added that when they upgraded the maximals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there certainly haven't been because the reason of that we came up with those laws was that the situation of like Tarantulas is like explaining his plan to himself. Well, yeah. While Cheetor is like in the rafters. Yeah. <laughs> And so it, a oh. lot of the bots did that in, in Peace yeah. Wars. Yes, yes, and it <laughs> happened many times. Hence hence why it, we uh, we added that. Yeah. So we then cut to Wheeljack and Bumblebee who are working to try and figure out where the all spark is on the planet using the Alpha Trion protocols. We've got Cog there as well who is sort of like telling Bumblebee, you know, the fact that you're chosen shows that you're worthy and that you're a good person. And B's like, yeah, worthy. But so I want to question something because I wasn't in a lot of the episodes. So maybe this has been explained. You said mm-hmm. that guy's a cog. What does that mean? Well, that's his name. Cog. That is his actual name. Oh, yeah. OK. I thought you said he was a cog. And it seemed like oh, there was sorry. a few robots who looked exactly the same. And I was when I was wondering, is there like just like a generic <laughs> soldier class of Autobot just called cogs? But actually, no, OK, actually, <laughs> in this, especially in this episode, there are a lot of like generic used uh, robots. You'll see that impactor body is used a lot for the guards of Sound Blasters uh, place. And I'm pretty sure there's well, a couple of other points. Transformers just has a case of that in general. Like we have Cliff Jumper yeah. in this episode, yeah. which is a recolor of Bumblebee. Yeah, but yeah, th- yeah there are. Um, there's. I actually, just thought I saw a lot of him, but maybe I was just getting confused. <laughs> but I, I think in this episode particularly, there's actually a cog that is basically sitting at a desk that like has one line, and his and his uh, he actually is named Sound Engineer. Because of that one line in like the credits or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> it's still just it's just bit. a recolor of Cog. Yeah. Okay. Great. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have a bit of a like Prime Prowl and Elita enter the room and they're having a discussion about Jetfire, asking what they're going to do with them. Prowl is pretty much of the mind to just keep them locked up. Uh, 
they're able to identify where the AllSpark is, and it turns out it's in the Sea of Rust, and everybody is pretty disappointed with that answer because no Autobot like a bad has, place for robots. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because no Autobot has been able to go there and made it back. Uh, Elita... The Sea of Rust brings to mind for me, like, those shitty swamp levels in Dark Souls. Like, that's... that's <laughs> It's a bad zone. You do not want to be there. You will get poisoned continuously. Yeah. <laughs> um, Elita... I don't think I got that far in Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> I think they have like a whole town that's like that in the first Dark Souls. There's, I played more of three. Do you mean? Oh, do you mean the Blight? It's like Blight Town or something. Blight Town, yeah, yeah. Because that that's not really that's not really a swamp though. Okay, it's I haven't like, played a lot of. But there's a lot of poisony things. Yeah. I you, only you, played. You, I only played the first one. I put eighty hours into it and got about twenty percent of the way through. Is my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I did not ever unlock fast traveling. Ooh. But yes, getting back to the discussion between... <laughs> I'm so crime. bad. I'm so bad at video games. God damn it, Kendall. <laughs> Elita it, it brings up the idea of waiting until the AllSpark moves. I almost said R-Spark. Um, R-Spark. Yeah. <laughs> because apparently the AllSpark travels to different locations on the planet. But Prime says the plan that they have in place with launching the Ark obtaining the all spark and activating the space bridge all have to go in sequence. They can't wait. And Alita is really, she's like, you weren't even sure that this plan was going to work. And now you're all more and more getting pissed at Optimus. Like, yeah, what the fuck dude? But like, also I don't know. He's not wrong here. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they, they really should get it now. Especially with that looming virus, which I mean, to be fair, we don't know about, but still. But uh, she she does bring up a point as well that because Prime asked her to have faith and she's like, we're as low on faith as we are on Energon. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a pretty poignant line, I thought, as well. B brings up that because Cog mentions makes the mention of, you know, no Autobots ever come back from from the sea of rust and B is like, well, no Autobot ever has. I, I knew a guy that did it. <laughs> <laughs> he made the castle run in five parsecs. <laughs> Whoa. And this is where we hear mention of Dreadwing as well, because B mentions how he spoke with Dreadwing, who used to be a seeker who mentioned that they mapped out the entire region, which has everybody like completely surprised. And then prime just turns to Prowl. is like, Prowl, get, Jet fire up here. <laughs> I almost kind of want to know this Dreadwing story. Like, he used to be a seeker, then became like a scavenger for some reason. Like, why? Why did you become a scavenger? Mm. Why are you leave the seekers? It's interesting. <laughs> we then cut to the, the space bridge, and we've got Impactor and Ratchet uh, working on the systems right now. Uh, Ratchet thinks he's got everything pretty much ready to go, which, you know, Mirage is pretty happy about, and he congratulates both he and Impactor. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, uh, I thought it was nice. It's like, yeah, th- this wouldn't have worked if you weren't around, Impactor. Good job. Yeah. Mind you, well, Ratchet... Mirage has been kind of slowly getting to, like, Impactor a little bit here, as we've been yeah. seeing. Like... Um, but Ratchet does tell him to try and, you know, hold off on the excitement because he can't guarantee that it's going to work. Um, so they decide to flip the switch, which they know is going to draw attention once it's activated. But 
sure enough, it does turn on and everybody's pretty happy about it. But then they've got incoming in the form of more seekers. So I guess they were just playing on like flicking it on and off just to make sure everything worked. I thought maybe, which but, made sense. But yeah. maybe they were afraid that if they turned it off, they couldn't turn it back on again. Yeah, like my my thought was like they were going to flick it on and then flick it off. And the idea was they were going to do it in a time frame before the seekers came flying by. And they were just early you know, again. And they're like, oh, crap, we have to turn it. We don't have time to turn it off again. Yeah. Or if by I didn't the time think about that. But why don't I guess I, I guess they there must be that they're worried it won't turn back on again. Because, like, why don't they turn it off? Like, yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, I think what I never it really is thought is about that. When I was watching. We've got these we've got these moving pieces that all have to come together. Mm-hmm. The the arc doesn't have that much gas. The mm-hmm. all spark has its own thing that they need to they need to fix the they they I forget if they've already said this or they haven't said it yet but they basically established like it's like we need to fix the fix the gate yeah fly yeah. the it ship just in the last scene and that they talked do the, about it. and and get the all spark all at the same time so these guys did their job and their job is to fix the thing and to turn it on and to cross their fingers that they can live long enough for the arc to go through the hole that is that is true. Like they're waiting on yeah. them. Like they have yeah. they have to keep it open, I guess, because they don't know when they're going to show up. That's true. Yeah, and yeah. they do, and they expect to, you know, to have to stand their ground, to have to fight. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Mirage, but I, I'm guessing, that, yeah, at this point they were actually thinking that maybe they weren't going to get such an early mm-hmm. view of the seekers, which is why I guess Mirage was able to pull. Was like, well, let's do this first. Yep. Yeah, and what Mirage does is. You know, we saw a couple episodes ago, he had trouble holding, like, just a disguise on himself for a bit. But what he does here is he literally makes, like, a hologram of the entire space bridge to make it look like it's not working. Yeah, I like to think of it like it has tied to his emotions a bit. And he was really nervous in that scene after seeing, like, the guys on sticks. Like, I don't think he would have messed up if he hadn't seen that. And right now he's, like, feeling super confident and motivated because of stuff that Impactor said to him. Yeah, is, he and also pretty... like how they've been how they've been able to do this. Like he's really he 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 didn't have a lot of faith in himself and now he's getting more faith and he's able to do a really big thing like this. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And in that one battle that he uh, he used uh the holographic clones of himself, he seemed pretty uh, more assured like he wasn't he wasn't as worried about himself as much mm-hmm. as just getting things done. So it seemed like he was it had a little bit more control. Because he just didn't give himself time to worry. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, to to sort of further reinforce the the point that you brought up, him, something that that Mirage says as he like starts to use his ability, and he's like, "There's a reason I'm here on this mission," and he's like, "Maybe this is it," because you know we he was assigned as the leader of the group, and maybe he was a bit questioning as to what Prime's motivation might have been. But maybe he yeah. maybe he's seen that this is why he wanted me here for this reason. Right. So yeah. so he's he's drawing on that to get the the will and inspiration to to try and, and do this and you know be there for, for the plan that Optimus has. Or even or even <laughs> even if it's even if it's not opt even if it goes beyond Optimus, I mean this has like to do impactor. with the, the all spark and mm-hmm. uh the and destiny what's what's the transformers god name oh primus and like primus and shit like 
this is mm-hmm. yeah and destiny and and uh all the things like there's a reason there's you know yeah like you know big deep and, and he's mean, putting it all into it mm-hmm. and he like, buys them just he, the time he, that they he, need oh sorry go ahead Em. yeah and, and uh, sorry i i i just it was just hard to tell when i, I didn't mean to cut into you um uh it, it, it's it's juxtaposed it's juxtaposed you know what I'm trying to say. I don't. Yes. I can't say it right now. <laughs> um, to like Alita saying that there isn't a lot of faith left. Yeah. I, I like the contrast of at least Mirage is like starting to like get some faith and confidence when mm-hmm. it seems like everyone else is like we're fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It, it's it's a very it's a very interesting way to see how on one end of the spectrum we've got all these Autobots who aren't seeing the plan. And then we're starting to see glimpses of those who are starting to believe it. I, so that, that's interesting. I think the Alita stuff, I actually really, really like all the scenes where she is constantly, where she is constantly questioning Optimus. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that there's an element of, of like the devil's advocate there. Like, mm-hmm. like if she, if, if anyone else, questioned him the way that she does then she would probably back up optimus yeah she has she has so much respect for him he has a lot of respect for her but she is saying she is saying the things that need to be said so that yeah. so that she makes sure that optimus isn't forgetting this like she she believes she believes him she trusts him and and her actions prove that you know she doesn't she doesn't take any steps to undermine him she doesn't try to try to lock him in the brig for going crazy but but she does oh, she does yeah, speak sure. her mind i yeah. really and yeah I really no i like i like that. alita yeah mm-hmm. yeah because like she she's saying shit that everyone's thinking that like needs to be said mm-hmm. i i know I'm, I'm, I'm not saying alita's bad um but like it you know it's, it's getting harder on her mm-hmm. and it's good to see people who are like able to keep up the fight without right, right. having that hesitation yeah it's oh. good to have contract. Well, in Mirage and Mirage, he's he's a character. He his best friend's a Decepticon now. Like he has seen, <laughs> yeah. he has seen like in this in this terrible this terrible time, he has seen something that is that is impo- that would be impossible. Mm-hmm. You know the yeah. it's the that the the Watchmen thing with the turning air into gold. Yeah. Yep. Good All right, scene. now we got it's back on scene. horror scene here. Yeah. <laughs> we, we head to the Decepticons. We've got Magnus, who is strung up to the ceiling of Shockwave's lab, and they are going to work. They, they've they implanted the virus, and they activate it. It shoots, like, we see this energy crackle through Magnus's body as Megatron's watching on, and it we starts get this cool shot out. Of, of Ultra Magnus being held up, and, like, it, it kind of, like, uh, the camera cuts between different parts of his body yes. and on his head. And the framing almost reminds me of like a comic book. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like a cool way to frame the scene. Yeah. And More evidence do... that Shockwave is just tarantulas. Because this would totally be, if this <laughs> oh, were yeah. Beast Wars, that would be a spider web. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and we, we do get a line from Megatron here as well where, you know, he's like, hmm, poetic that... Ultra Magnus is the one who will now assist in the eradication of or the total destruction of the Autobots. So it's yeah, I was gonna say so far Shockwave is a tarantula that actually believes in Megatron and wants to work for him still, at least so far. (laughs) 
Yeah. 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 I mean, he's so, like, he's like early tarantulas when tarantulas was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but we like, see this. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kendall. Well, he's, I mean, he's because Shockwave's rival is really, is really the, he wants to be Megatron's lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to be the guy that's, because also like he's he's uh, uh what's the guy from the that movie with the with the Aladdin in it, Aladdin Jafar. Yeah, he's like Jafar, like you know, just just whispering in the king's ear. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be the guy that's the guy that's uh standing that's doing the press conferences and and has all the stuff with him. He wants to be the guy that actually is pulling the strings behind the scenes. Sort of like a Lady Macbeth almost. So Jafar, if Jafar was content with just doing shit behind the scenes and didn't try to take over the throne as the new sultan. It's been a long time since I saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're you're right until that part. The guy, the guy yeah, I mean, the, or the guy in Lord of the Rings that uh, makes Wormtongue. the king old. Oh, uh, Wormtongue. Worm, yeah. 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 That's what Jordan said. I should know that because I have a because that's my wedding ring. Um, <laughs> Also, and I mean, also, it's one of, another one of those people who's like, well, his name's Wormtongue. What did you expect? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very valid point. So we we see this energy wave, like, emit out from the, the Decepticon arena. Then we go back to the Autobots and we have Jetfire, who's explaining that, yes, they the Seekers mapped out the Sea of Rust and that he can help them. And, you know, there's a bit of a back and forth as to... You know, how can we trust you that you're not going to lead us into a trap? He's like, well, suicide if, squad me. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like, <laughs> he, he, he goes to prowl. He's like, you used to be an, uh, like a, a sort of like a police uh, in this particular, in Praxis, the city Praxis. Right. And prowl's like, yeah. And he's like, well, you put, put a bomb in my head. Apparently, apparently Praxis had a, ha- had developed a way of handling criminals this yep. way. Yeah. The, the story goes that there was more, there were more prisoners than officers. So they developed a core override, which essentially was a bomb that they put into their heads. So if they got out of line, they could just flip a switch and boom, they didn't have to worry about them. Okay. So I got that. I got that sound mm-hmm. clip here and uh, hopefully it works because the, it's been, not liking me. You were law enforcement in Praxis, right? Yes. Until the war. I know all about the core override utilized there. I'll submit to one. Core override? It was a dark chapter in Praxis history. Prisoners outnumbered law enforcement, so the Council created core override implants as a deterrent. What does that even mean? It means we can remotely trigger brain detonation. Blow up his brain module? Yes. You can exterminate me at the first sign of deception. This way you don't have to trust me. You can just kill me. Be a quick procedure. I don't like it, but it's tactically the right move. Proceed. And I, I, of course, I cut off the clip like I always do. 
Um, and I ran <laughs> out of time to fix it. But then he says, he says, uh, don't make, don't make us use this. And he says, I won't. So what I love about this moment is anytime. So, so Emily brought up suicide squad, which is obviously this, this is the thing. This is that mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But anytime you have a suicide squad story, it is Amanda Waller or somebody who is playing the role of Amanda Waller getting getting the criminal getting the criminals and saying here's an I I need you guys to do this and the only way that I can trust you is by putting a bomb in your brain and then one person says I'm not going to do that and then she blows up his head like mm-hmm. the difference is Jetfire here it, he sees that he knows that he's not going to betray them and he also knows that they have no reason to trust him because he's the he's the lieutenant and he and he 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 takes it with the most humility he says this is you know he's pragmatic he says this is i'm the only one that can help you guys with this i'm not asking you for your trust i'm but i but i trust you cuz i know you guys are good guys i've seen you know i've seen both sides of this yeah. war i've been i've, I've been here too mm-hmm. um you yeah, know. and even alita's like you know like and a lot of them are like I don't like this, but leaves, but but tactfully this is our bet. This is the option we have to take. Right, like and they're like we we are we really 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 don't think hope we don't have to use it. Like they're really mm-hmm. really there, but we should do it for safety reasons. Right, right. If if they would, this is not something that Optimus would ever suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Although Alita did accept having <clears throat> uh, what's the purple guy. Remove his impactor. Oh, impactor! Impactor. Remove his remove his communication thing. Um, Again, ta- uh, she's she's thinking of the tact of the tactics. Yeah, yeah. And that blew up. And that blew up in their face because mm. they were because of it's this idea of hubris or 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 or, or whatever uh, that goes back to early storytelling. That was a situation where the protagonists were were not. We're not being trusting. We're not being. We're kind of forcing somebody to do something that they shouldn't do, and then they were pu- they were universally punished by the storyteller. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this is a situation where you have somebody who is who is vol- who is volunteering, and that is very powerful. And he's like, "This is you know, this is what." On, on, also, he's probably like, "This is what if if." Uh, you know, if Ultra Magnus had actually defected to the Predacons and, or to the Predacons, to the Decepticons instead of surrendering and then not helping them, uh, mm. like this is what they would have done to him if he was like, "I want to fight on your side now." They'd be like, "Okay, you can fight on our side, but we got to put a bomb in your brain." You'd be like, yeah. "I'm not gonna. You can't put a bomb in my brain." You're like, hey, "It's already there." Yeah, you were too. You were too late. Used my used my bomb my nano. Shockwave nano machines. <laughs> uh, you know the micro machines guy got in there. Um, <laughs> he talked really fast, and it made you. Um, now I'm now I'm now I'm going and you guys get my point. I just I don't yeah, know. I really yeah. like I really like it when characters are not dumb, mm-hmm. and everyone mm-hmm. is like everyone is like I don't like this, but we're okay with it, and especially because you have Jetfire volunteering like. Like it's not, yeah, it's not a situation where the the guy said, "Hey, I got an idea. We could put a bomb in his head." And they're like, "I don't know." And then Jetfire <laughs> was like, 
you can't do that. Well, I guess I guess we can do that. Like, no, this is Jetfire's idea. I like that so much. It's so awesome. It's a great show. <laughs> Compelling storytelling. Love it. So we we do get an interjection from Wheeljack at this point. Uh, talking about how, you know, even if they do get the Allspark, they still need enough fuel to get the Ark to be able to fly. And this is where we get uh, Bumblebee pointing in that he knows a guy. And at first, the lead is like, oh, the, the Dreadwing guy? He's like, no, somebody worse. <laughs> and so we're going to see another split up here. So we're going to have Prime and a group go look for the, for the Allspark. And then we're going to have B who is going to be taking a group to essentially trying to pull a heist, an Energon heist. Yeah. Because Lee is all like, we're going to bargain with them. And he's like, nah, we're going to steal from them. Yeah. <laughs> See, if we were smart, we would have had the, um, used some of the Let's Steal a Podcast people on this, <laughs> on for this. Um, but uh, uh, um, I, this, this Alita dialogue is bad because mm. <laughs> she says, we're working with a Predacon, and then we're going to do a thing that with somebody that's apparently worse than a Predacon. Like, she clearly doesn't know what she's talking about, because, like, Bumblebee's doing that, like, alluding to, like, you, you know, this mysterious person. And, uh, you know, rather than, like, who, well, who is worse than a Predacon? She, or a Predacon. I keep saying Predacon. You know what I mean. <laughs> this is Warren yes. Decepticon. <laughs> maybe he was, maybe he's a Predacon. Maybe that's what's worse than a Decepticon. There you go. That's what that mercenary symbol stands for. Mm. <laughs> um, and I really like that on Bumblebee's team, we get to see RC. Yeah. Yes. Is, is this the first time she's showed up in the show? I think it is, right? Yeah. I believe so. I was really excited to see her. I like RC a lot. Yeah. And it's cool, too, because we have like a bit of dialogue. There's, where she's there's, like, I, I, there's a girl on every single one of these away teams, which is yes. really cool. Yeah, that's like I I I I was surprised when two girls showed up in Transformers, let alone four. And like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's it's like the it's like scraps. But like, I'm happy to see it. Yeah, see more girls. Yeah, they've. It's it's been really nice that they basically have been making the the whole. They basically have been making the world much more diverse and more realistic. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, why wouldn't we have more? things that are of different, you know, differences and stuff like that. Even with the bunch of generic soldiers and stuff like that, they still have a thing where it's like, they make it feel like, Oh yeah, there's, there's a population here of people. There's different, different things and different stuff going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I will. I do agree that, um, RC and the other blue one, their character designs look really, really similar. Oh, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, I'm pretty sure and, they're like in, in the toys. They've always been like recolors of each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So they are they are generally similar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, they, so it's the problem is it's the problem of it's the problem of Starscream and all the other planes. It's not. Yes. It's yeah. Not totally. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Or well, it is just laziness, but a different kind of laziness. <laughs> yeah. No. Because I didn't even realize that there were two different characters. I must not have been paying that much attention to them. That they were in two different places at once in this episode. Yeah, well, um, Chromia's Chromia's over at the space bridge, and Moonracer comes with them to the Sea yeah, of Rust. Yeah, yeah. And like, like, like we were saying, because of their similar designs, it does take sometimes a moment. Like, I didn't realize it was the difference until I saw the subtitles comes up Moonracer's size. I'm like, oh yeah, that's Moonracer, not Chromia. Yeah. Do you have a toy for RC for the show? 
I believe um, so. I, didn't they didn't have, Jordan say it was for Moon for Earthrise? Yeah, it's for the Earthrise yeah. uh, series. Okay. So it's the next one. But they, yeah. yeah, so they had to make a special character design for her for this one. So that's why she at least looks different and has her general appearance to what she does in other shows than mm-hmm. than uh, Chromia or Moonracer. Yeah, we we get a, a bit of an exchange between RC and, and B at this point, too, because she's like, I really don't like, you know, bringing the last of our Energon to this Energon dealer to try and get in. And B's like, well, we need a reason to be able to get in there because then we then see somebody who gets essentially put on their ass because they don't want them there. And oh, and Cog's like, with oh, them, by the way. Yes, the third. Cog is with them as well. There's, there's a very important reason why Cog's there, and we'll get to that later, though. Yes, but uh, but RC's like, well, point taken when she sees the uh, you know the other Cybertronian get knocked on his ass. And then they get scanned for weapons and let in. Yep. Haha, jokes on them. Cog's a weapon. <laughs> I do like how Cog kind of actually kind of lingers at one point when at, right after B's like, you don't want to look like you don't, you know, you don't belong here any more than you oh, should. Shit. Yeah. RC is only 35 bucks. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a good looking toy, too. Fuck. <laughs> I look into this. <laughs> so, oh, man, so, so I just, think I, I got spoiled say, for Earthrise. Can't... It's got that spinning judge mask thing from the from the movie. Oh, the, oh, Quintessons. the Quintessons? Yeah, the Quintess the Quintessons. Yeah, there you can see it. <laughs> but um, oh my. that's gonna be oh man, Earthrise is gonna be crazy. When's it coming out? Oh wait, I thought they made a that that toy from a different thing. Huh. Okay, sorry. I thought I thought there was a Quintesson toy like like that that was used for a different toy line that came I, out i mean it probably is similar to that that's you know nice what? looking rc really right yeah right yeah. they use the same mold yeah. because quintessence is not a very common thing they made yeah. um for those listening in M just posted a link to uh, or a picture of of our of the rc toy and it looks really good it looks very accurate to the show yeah and the I only thing good. that because it looks like a show, they had to make it so that part of her card part just comes off and it's just yeah. part. Like it's not even part of her like robot design at all. Yeah, <laughs> but it, I, it does look very good. Mm. I'm gonna say like uh, as I was what I was gonna say to listeners that if I would be surprised if by the end of us doing the series that we each have not have, have bought in the toy, you know, for for from this toy line at some point mm. at the rate we're going. Yeah, RC looks really good. I get that when I have money again. (laughs) I was was talking to my wife about that Magnus and Jetfire earlier this week (laughs) that I saw. We'll see. (laughs) I'll keep people updated. We we cut to uh, Prime and his group now who are driving through the the Sea of Rust, and we get another bird bot like Laserbeak who's pecking at like a corpse. Yeah, they're like they're like scavenger birds now. Yeah, so I guess that's where where Laserbeak was. Caught from uh, from Soundwave. Yeah. Oh, does that mean that Laserbeak is a Pokemon? Oh, you know what? Probably in a sense. Uh, that might probably one, means also Buzzsaw. <laughs> one thing I really like about this desert scene um, in the in the Rust uh, Sea is like the music's really good. Like the '80s yeah. synth we get in this series yes. is really good, and maybe I just notice it better this episode because I watched on a computer with headphones. But I was like, "Dang, this has got a really good sound yeah. to it." Like it, it does. It jumped in. It, this this is I noticed it in this scene particularly. This was the first time that I like it. Like felt uh, 
kind of Stan Bushy. That's the guy, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Also, I think this is one of the major scenes where we see them driving a very, very. Uh, uh, yeah, they're, actually like their, they're actually in their freaking vehicle forms. Yeah. Yep. Which supports yep. Greg's fan theory because they have to be extra super duper maneuverable here. So mm-hmm. it that it uses that it uses extra energy on to be in their vehicle forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have a nice little scene here where they're there's like this an electrical storm that's going on that they're trying to navigate through and Jetfire sort of shoots off these flares that attract the lightning and creates a path for them to be able to get through. So he's a, he helps them get through the first ob- obstacle without, you know, with, with little trouble. Yeah. They do and the same uh, swarm missile that he did in that one fight. Yes. Yeah, he shoots the missiles out of his back like he did last episode there. Um, and we've got Alita who is listening in as they're progressing through. <laughs> and then it makes talk of metallic vortexes. And, you know, her face at first is like serious, but then she hears metallic vortexes and her face just goes like, yeah. Fuck? And someone else says, like, what do you wait? What? <laughs> like, you could have mentioned that earlier. <laughs> and then we see this, like, these five tornadoes off in the distance with lights emitting from them. And, uh, but we then cut back to Ironhide, who reports that there's Autobot bait, like uh, Autobot camps that are going out. Like they're losing communication with outposts. And first it's three, then it's five, and then it's eight. And the lead is like, well, what the heck? And That's Ironhide saying that, right? Yes. Yeah. He actually has um, lines this time. <laughs> yeah. We we then cut back to, to Ultra Magnus's body, which is still hanging from the ceiling of Shockwave's lab. And Soundwave is reporting that 87% uh, that the virus has, has proceeded through and done an 87% contamination so far. I'm sorry, that it's Shockwave who says that. Um, and we get this like this zoom in on Magus's face. And the, to describe it, it's like it's almost like a thorn bush that's like dug into his face and is making his eyes purple. And all of the tendrils are like this glowy pinkish. Yeah, there's, these, color. there's these veins of, of yeah. dark. Um, yeah. Code, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sinister looking. And the, and they're talking about how it, it's going to eradicate alpha, the alpha trion code, no matter where it is. This is where we then get, because we cut back jumper. to, yeah, we cut yeah. back to the arc and there's cliff jumper. It's funny because, Knowing what we know about Cliff Jumper and his like his attitude, it, it's to me when he was reporting, he's like repeat infected, and then he's like repeat, he's like security systems f, and then dot dot dot. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, oh, he was gonna drop an f bomb there. He was totally gonna drop an f bomb there if they didn't <laughs> cut off. I don't know anything about Cliff Jumper. <laughs> I know he's been killed a lot in recent series. It sucks. Yeah. In, in G one, he was incredibly scrappy. Like he 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 had a very big chip on his shoulder. He was very scrappy. I mean, um, yeah, and even in Prime, he was voiced by like the Rock. He was voiced by he? the Rock. Yeah, and he he only shows up for like a scene and then gets killed. But you can tell that he's like a scrapper just from those few like minutes with him yeah yeah and he was also <laughs> bumblebee movie yes he got killed very fast in that yeah. yeah but i i i 
I my theory is that he was totally going to say the F word if he hadn't been cut off there. Maybe. Um, and this it, is where I, like I said, like originally I thought the the virus they were going to was going to infect actual <laughs> Autobot bodies, but it seems hmm. like it's more affecting their buildings and their computer systems and their security systems and stuff like that, not yes. them. Yeah, it's like the yeah, it's like the infrastructure. Which, yeah. yeah. Which I think actually is kind of a little, kind of like a little blindsided thing that they did not really think about because they knew the Alpha Trion thing. Like they said, like they knew where it was go. Like they knew it left and it was moving through the uh, infrastructure through there, but they did not realize that it was an actual thing that embedded in at someone af- at some point. And at the rate this thing is going, it doesn't sound like it's going to actually destroy the Alpha Trion protocols because it's never going to actually find them. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's going to destroy everything it went through to get to them. Yeah, yeah. It also it so definitely long. makes more sense for this virus to go after the infrastructure rather than the uh, rather than having it wipe out the individual Autobots because you, mm-hmm. we already have a plan for genocide. You yeah. don't need to double genocide. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like well, if, before- if, if we just wanted to do it, if we just wanted to just genocide everybody, the, there there would have been, this would have been an easier way to do it if this is how it worked. But mm-hmm. I don't think he actually, but that's not, yeah, I, I think we, we just, it's one of these, it's one of these things as great as, this, as great as the performances and some of the character work in this series is sometimes things happen that don't make, that you don't understand what just happened. Which is which is also like I've said before, based on the Transformers comics. <laughs> yeah, because I, I guess yeah, it, it just kind of sounded like that was gonna was what they were gonna do, just because I guess I understood that it went into Bumblebee and not into like a building. Right. Yeah. And I guess they don't, too. and that's so I just figured they did understand that for some reason. I guess it's my fault. No, no, uh, no. I thought that too mm-hmm. until I saw the scene. Yeah. Like it's, it but I mean, to be fair, it shows, something... there's no reason to think that. So. I thought yeah. that too, even though I saw the scene twice. Also, makes it it makes uh what uh what the the annoying tape player guy says at the beginning, um, <laughs> Soundwave. make more sense because he says the Decepticons use a lot of Autobot mainframes. Mm-hmm. And that's server. the other reason it's so. confusing because like what the friggin' what is a mainframe? Like <laughs> yeah. it's a it's an old timey like green text on a black screen like it's not a th- it's not a thing mm-hmm. um mainframe was the animation company that made beast wars <laughs> so they use a lot of autobot mainframes so autobot <laughs> animation companies that make beast wars okay <laughs> now see some one of my first one of my thoughts about the whole thing that came at, came to mind to me was like First of all, Megatron didn't care that like, well, we'll just rebuild the infrastructure or anything like that. Who who cares if a couple of Autobot used used things we use go down, and then the coffee machine in the break room breaks down, and he's like, oh crap, I should have saw this coming. Mm. He's like, he's like, you're the one that wanted a world without zinc. <laughs> Where's my latte? I can't get you your latte, Megatron. Ah. <laughs> uh. So we we get uh, Elita. She orders uh, Operation Exodus is a go, which and orders all of the Autobots to to get to the Ark. Uh, she then checks with Wheeljack. She's like, 
making sure that he's going to have the ship ready. He's like, as long as they can get us the raw energy on, he's like, I'll get you into space. Well, so, I hope all these plans go without fail and nothing mm, goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, we say that. But uh, then Alita tries to contact Prime and they've lost his signal. Probably because they're standing right in front of the metal. Yeah, I was going to say, it, 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 it can't be good it. for their comms. Yeah, <laughs> it, it cuts to, to Prime's group and we hear Prowl say, Metal Vortexes? <laughs> and Jeff Fire's like, uh, yeah, there's a there's a trick to avoiding them. We uh, can't survive. Like, yeah, we can survive it. But then gets, <laughs> he gets lifted off the ground. Um, we then get Jetfire, who leaps up into the air, transforms, and rescues no Prowl. Yeah, no hesitation whatsoever. Um, manages to get through the vortexes, and then the other Autobots sort of followed along. And, and so they've all gotten through. And Prowl is very... He's very regretful now of of what oh, they had dang. to do. Mm-hmm. And and he wants to 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 get rid of the detonator. Because he's like a Decepticon saving an Autobot. He's like, doesn't feel right holding on to this thing after you saved me. And yeah, when he first said doesn't feel right, I'm like, wait, what? And then, and then he <laughs> fixes it. I'm like, oh, okay. It's yeah. like cats and dogs living together. <laughs> Mm-mm. So what what I like about what I like about this is I mean we had it, it's interesting that there's we've had two instances of or two character arcs of people going from being Decepticons to to working with the Autobots uh, yes. because the first one was kind of a little bit more uh, of like your your typical this the way that this story plays out where he's not necessarily he, he's not necessarily pledging allegiance to the Autobots, but he 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 wants to work. You know, he really he wants to protect Ratchet specifically. He has he has like uh, loyalty to Ratchet. Um, mm-hmm. And then he does he does. And there's a firefight and he saves somebody by, you know, pushing him out of the way or whatever, like just a real quick, like instinctual action to, to demonstrate that he's a good guy. Yeah. This is Jetfire flies up there and 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 risks and really is risking himself like consciously focusing i have to save this guy um and and also you know what this is the guy that's holding the detonator so if he gets killed and the detonator goes in the in the thing then then jetfire doesn't have to you know jetfire doesn't have to worry about it like this is this is the least you know, this is the person that he has the least incentive to save. It's just, it's like a truly, truly heroic moment that goes above and beyond what you would normally expect in this. And this is why Jetfire's character is so great. Like such a, just such a perfect, like compelling arc. I love it. And well, uh, here's the sound that. clip. Are you guys hearing Are it? You okay, bro? Yeah. 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 I think I'm in one piece. Decepticon saving an Autobot? It doesn't feel right. Holding on to this thing after you saved me. But for the sake the for this is of really the mission, good. you will. Autobots, Every night in my dreams, <laughs> I see... <laughs> I got some serious Titanic vibes from there, but um, 
Yeah, I, I agree um, that uh, you hear that like pause when he says it doesn't feel right. And you think yeah. it's like, it's like, what do you mean? It does? <laughs> people shouldn't be nice to each other. It feels wrong that people are nice to each other. Uh, <laughs> no. Just because of the, yeah, because of the delivery of that line. He's, he's got that dramatic pause. Uh, mm-hmm. But man, such a great, such a great moment. I just, man, Jeff Fire is such is. a great character. So we then cut back to, to be in his group and they come about, come across sound blaster. Who's sort of sitting like on a throne and he and RC are having a bit of a discussion. She's like, he really does look like sound wave. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't bring that up. He's a little sensitive about being a clone <laughs> and, and a failed shockwave experiment. Yeah. Which, by the way, for folks who might, like we were alluding to before, Sound Blaster is, for one for one, a redeco colored of Soundwave. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Just, yep, uh, there's... red and yellow rather than purple and yellow. Yeah. But for well, some reason, I like him and, and I hate Soundwave. And... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't... Maybe it's because it, it, Sound Blaster's not Soundwave. Maybe that's just enough. Right, right. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have this stupid... I mean, I guess he does have, like, the one bird associate. Buzzsaw. Yeah. Strong um, for Animal Companions. Those are sick. <laughs> I, don't like the, I don't like the cassette. I, I don't know. Well, we don't see... Yeah, we don't see... I think that is one thing, though. We don't see them turning in cassettes, though. So yeah. Yeah. maybe he's got that going for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're um, you're right. He is, he's just not... I'm also, like, always... I'm, I'm also oftentimes a fan of the sort of, uh, you know secondary like uh deconstruction of a of a character you know ben riley's a great character and yeah uh, i I, or um uh shoot i i had a knot there and i just lost it sorry yeah i'm i'm brains are hard (laughs) well i mean like we talked earlier about nightwing nightwing is yeah is a is a is you know sort of an an offshoot because you can have when you have these offshoots I honestly got like a little bit of Zero the Hut vibes from this guy for some reason. We're not uh, talking about Batman yeah. Nightwing, right? Like Dreadwing or whatever. No, or? well, I was talking about Nightwing as being a yeah. as being a, like a sort of like not Batman. So this guy is like a not Soundwave. <laughs> okay. Like like I, a lot of times I like the sort of uh yeah like um you know like like. I like the like I like the idea that um, Professor X's brother is is Juggernaut, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Juggernaut is has has that or uh, or even like or even like Quicksilver being Magneto's son, like the person who is the person who is the who is related or somehow connected to like a a, a big deal character who is has that inferiority complex. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. That's what I was looking for. Inferiority complex. Yes, that's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Kyle Rayner is another good example. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like Kyle Rayner. So we get a, a bit of a back and forth between B and Sound Blaster because uh, he knows that B has, you know, has friends. And B's like, oh, yeah, I'm, picked up a couple of apprentices to learn from me. Um, and then we, we sort of hear some you know, a, a bot in the background is saying, oh, you just see the sound blaster and da, da, da. And then we cut to him. He gets shot. And then we see sound blaster with his hand on his like shoulder mounted cannon. And he just basically just murdered the guy. 
<laughs> which sort of jump back, back for a second. Can we jump back for a second uh, mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. 45 minutes ago? Um, cause, cause well, this, is, <laughs> this is when, when there it's a way earlier, we were busy talking about being excited that RC was on the show, but, uh, but they scan them for weapons. Yeah. And one of them, his whole body is guns. <laughs> like you can see the missiles on his shoulders, but nope, no weapons. Okay. You're good. Those are not good weapon scanners. I literally made a joke. I said, "Jokes on them." I am a weapon. Oh, well, I was—I yeah, I was, was not paying attention. I apologize. I mean, yeah, that, that whole—that whole part was like weapon scanners. I'm thinking of like the fucking Transformers War for Cybertron game where their arms just become weapons. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? They're weapons. I—I <laughs> I was able to feel like when with Bumblebee and RC that they like left their guns behind, but mm-hmm. the other one was like his—you can see the missiles. And I was like, are those not <laughs> missiles? Like, is he, does he actually turn into like a a drill or something? And those I think are actually it's more drill like a bits. Cannon. I think those are like cannon nozzles. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. They're but they're but the point is, he's it's gun. Yeah, it's a weapon. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. see, see, Cheater couldn't leave his gun behind because it's his stomach and he needs that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, uh, I was gonna say we. I've talked about it in an earlier. I don't know if you were on it and about how this these toy lines have this really intricate gun system, oh, like yeah. the, the the miniature, like the handheld guns. That not only are very interchangeable, are very customizable. Like you can, if you have like multiple guns, you can s- swap them together or or switch them or connect them and make oh, yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff with them. And they and because of that, they all have like very specific names. So maybe those that that gun scanner only looks for the specific like separate ones that are handheld. So basically, if if you turn into a gun, it does not count. Mm, mm. It's uh, it's you wouldn't be grudge an old yeah. man his walking stick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Still, though, it's like they're, they're giant cannons on his shoulders. Like and there's <laughs> and also it's like there's three of them. It's not like he came alone and like this is the only way he can get in or out. Like they could have. <laughs> They could have yeah, said, well, well, that guy can't come in because he's got guns on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but you know, whatever. They're, I mean, you know. Maybe they figured since they were pointing up, they would have a chance if he tried to use them. Bad, bad <laughs> guys are not smart. Theirs are on their shoulders they, pointing it's forward. It's just a bad, it's a bad scanner. They, it's a, th- that scanner is also a failed shockwave experiment. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Sound, Sound Blaster, uh, knows that they have Energon, so he, said to them down to receiving uh, so they can turn in the energon and get paid. Apparently we then cut to, to Mirage and we see the, the hologram that he's creating. It's sort of flickering. And then we cut to Mirage and he's, you know, he's straining and, and groaning and then he passes out and sure enough, the hologram fades. Um, the other, the others are like, uh, oh, what's going on? And Ratchet goes over to check on him, and he's like, damn, damn fool, nearly drained his his own spark trying to keep this up. So like Mirage, definitely, he he put everything into to maintaining that as long as he did. But the problem is, is now we've got this, the Seekers coming back. They've noticed that you know, oh, everything's powered on, and so they know that there's a fight coming now. We then cut to the arc. And all of their systems are starting to shut down. There's, you know, there's purple electrical sparks from the virus. 
Um, there's some small explosions and then the cloak on, on the arc fails. So now they're dead in the water, so to speak, and everything's dark. I've got a complete system failure, no power. Um, so no illusion, so, not yep. hidden no more. We then cut to the Decepticons and Starscream's reporting in that the seekers have started to engage Autobots at the space bridge and Megatron makes a link between, Oh, there's been Autobot activity near that space bridge for a bit. And then we've got Shockwave and Soundwave who come in and report that, you know, the virus has gone through. It's been really efficient and come to find out, Oh, there's been several explosions and lo and behold, there's a ship that is now visible. And Megatron realizes that that's the Autobot base. Like, Go get them. You and your children and your children's children. Yeah. Pretty much. He's like, get everybody. Like, I want yeah. everyone. He's like, I'm going to lead them. It's like, call in every single Decepticon and assemble every division. It's like every soldier. So They're going to smash everyone. Even, <laughs> even the Coast Guard. <laughs> So we then go from, and he's like, this is the final day of the Autobot resistance. We, we cut back to, to be in his group and they are getting led into this energon vault, so to speak. And B is like, Oh, does this look like enough Farsi? She's like, Oh, more than enough cog. And then, so cog transforms sure enough. Yeah. He's got like four guns. And he attaches what? to RC's shoulders, and RC just becomes a total badass and just starts shooting everybody. Well, he doesn't actually shoot anybody. He just puts her gun. Oh, I thought up. she did shoot somebody. No, she yeah. threatens them and tells them to drop oh, it. Oh, yeah. And the two guards that are with them do. So, like, we so. also have guns. So, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but they're so, small guns compared to yeah. her, her giant robot gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, B, B grabs some raw energon. But then we've got Sound Blaster, who he pretty much knew what what was going on because he recognized the Autobots. And he's like, you, you think Soundwave's the only one with an eye in the sky? And then we see Buzzsaw flying over their heads. And so he he says, that, you know, dead or alive, they're gonna be they're gonna be worth way more to me than a few lousy cubes of Energon. And then we cut back to Jetfire and the others, and they come to this ravine. Uh, we then get Moonracer, who has sort of scouted a bit and, you know, reports that the chamber is below where the Allspark should be. And that and uh, Hound says that the window to get it is is closing. <laughs> the thing that sort of gets me with this is like Optimus says, proceed with caution. <laughs> and so they're, they're approaching and then all of a sudden they get zombies yeah, he's like, well, they, they say, like, I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. yeah. They slide down into the ravine. There's this weird crystal and well, shadow. Well, weird crystal thing. that if you're familiar with the Transformers franchise, you know what this is. Mm. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the Transformers franchise. It's Dark Energon, which makes zombies. That's what I yeah, that's what I thought, too. Especially because... Because, zombies. <laughs> well, yeah, not because because Prime did did that too, and and this is definitely a very pro- something from like the company that did Prime and stuff like that had have done this too. But they look also well, Dark Energon and like games and stuff too, and kind of use the kind of the same deal. Yeah, and I was gonna say like 
I've, one of the nicer things I like about these zombies is that they actually seem to also have a bit of like rust on them. Like they they added that that little detail to them. Yeah. Yeah. And something really violent happens, and I was like, no, oh, one, yeah. no, not her. What's yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we see Moonracer get grabbed by uh, the zombies and one of her arms gets ripped off. Yeah, like, I mean, we've seen I, people lose arms and it's like not that big of a deal, but it still feels really like, oh, God, she, she screams because <laughs> they ri- they literally rip it off. Like, it's not like yeah. it's cut off. It's not like it's sh- shot off or an explosion or anything. They literally grab it and just yank it off. So, yeah. you know, she should um, really go. She should really go undercover after this, though. Because the Decepticons will be sure that she's dead. <laughs> anyway, oh. so everyone's having a bad time. Yes. Everyone, except for Decepticons, I guess. They're having a great time. Yeah. Like, this is sick. <laughs> but this, and yes, we, we close out this episode with Optimus and his group surrounded and getting approached by these zombies. And then we cut to credits. So. Bad it, times all around. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I mentioned to Jordan before we started recording, even though we had so many, so many cuts and so like, and, and all these groups getting split up, I really like the flow of this episode. Yeah. And I was saying like, they did a really good job of tying everything together and keeping it close knit mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And like, it's very, a very well put together story. Yeah. It doesn't have a good ending for the Autobots, but it's still very well put together. It's yeah. a, but it's a perfect penultimate episode yes. ending. Like mm-hmm. I, I love that this. I, I think this show has just done such a great job of of having stuff happen in the episodes. Like a lot of stuff happens in the episodes, but still kind of leave you wanting more at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I completely agree. No, overall, I really like the episode. Uh, and what were your thoughts on it? I mean, it's definitely my favorite of the ones we've, I've seen so far, and I have been. I've not been on every episode, but I had watched the entire series, and I think it's one of the. Str- I think it's the strongest episode we've had mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, cool character development stuff happens. Like there's this interesting missions happening all kind of concurrently. Like, um, and, but it's also like, fuck, this is really bad. What's going to happen next? So yeah, everybody's going to live happily ever after. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. This is only the first chapter. I could easily see this ending with the Autobots not being a good spot. Yeah, the next the next two chapters are just everybody being nice to each other. (laughs) Maybe they escape and like the next because that's what's called Earthrise, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe they'll go to Earth and then that's like that's where they bring the all spark. Yeah, so I guess that could be how it ends. Mm -hmm. And then they just get involved in the the war. And and then we'll all like it less because there's dumb human characters, maybe. Yeah, we'll yeah. See. yeah be good I was, human characters. I, there's been good human characters in Transformers. Just yeah, not it's a lot just better. The show. It's just overall better. Like as a rule, the Transformers things that have don't have humans are better. Like yeah. just, like just kind of like the and and when and and in general and every literally every Transformers property that I've seen. Except for, except for, ironically, the Michael Bay stuff, the humans are the worst part. But the Michael Bay stuff, the Transformers are so bad that sometimes it's a toss-up. Sometimes there are <laughs> slightly more compelling human aspects uh, 
because but it's because the transformers aren't done well um mm-hmm. and you know it is what it is but uh <laughs> but like but yeah like i totally agree with emily like if there's if there's humans if there's like if there's like a, a like a little kid companion character in the in the second volume or if they or if they like team up with the united states military <laughs> there could be some problems the, the human <laughs> companions that i like are charlie in the bumblebee movie she's cool yes. mm-hmm. that was a good and one and i and well and also like it like that whole story was kind of charlie's story so it kind of worked out and yeah yeah also, Bumblebee's also definitely the exception movie. yeah but mm-hmm. but also like they but i also like sorry from transformers animated but i'm not sure if, if she would be your preference but i like her a lot i don't know i i don't think i've watched transformers animated but uh no probably. but it's a weird one they're kind of superheroes in that one for the yeah, first season yeah but i just yeah <laughs> <laughs> well sorry to to sort of temper that with with sorry as well in in that series there's stuff that we learn later on in that series yeah. about her that I think and she's not so much a human companion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's well, an like interesting it before to... that too. Yeah. Thought she was fine. Yeah. No, Charlie and Charlie, but I but I also don't want Earthrise to be the Bumblebee movie. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I I don't I don't think that they would this this kind of creative team would not execute that type of story well i i, I have a feeling yeah. or i just don't think this 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 the story doesn't really feel like that kind of story at all so mm-hmm. but yeah it was a good uh, episode all around i thought i think we were pretty much in a consensus about that uh we we put out a call earlier today for questions i don't think we got any aside from one from kendall responding to the facebook <laughs> group well we did get a comment though yes uh which, you know, I'll be glad to point out here if, you, if you're ready for that. Yep. So we got a comment from Rhea Rose at Rhea Rose 8. And they oh, just, hey, Rhea. Yeah, they just want to let us know that no question this week, just a statement. Core override implant sounds like the most horrible shit. I cannot with these Autobots. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, really it's, bad. It's, it's really evil and unethical and bad. <laughs> it makes it even worse that it's also was the, uh, you know, it was part of the like police I, like force. Like I said, A-Crab. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's our cab. One of the two. <laughs> but it, I think that it, to to sort of reinforce what what Kendall was saying earlier with with the scene with Jetfire and him even suggesting it is it also points out that you know the Autobots aren't weren't that squeaky clean before the war. Like no. they did some underhanded stuff too. It's just that he's willing to be subjected to that as a show of good faith. Cause, cause the thing is, cause the thing is, uh, you know, I, I know a little bit about, I don't know anything about anything. I don't know what I was talking about, but <laughs> the thing is, if, if he says there were more prisoners than guards, like by, you know, by so much, that probably means that they were imprisoning some people that shouldn't have been in prison. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, they, I mean, it's very clear that s- s- there was some bad stuff going down and he was part of that system. So, I mean, I think, I think, I think basically the, the, me- you know, the, I, what we've gotten, you know, these hints is that stuff was really bad with who the people that were in charge before, whoever was in charge before, 
Optimus, Ultra Magnus, Jetfire, Megatron, and probably a few other people rallied some troops together to overthrow that. And then there was some other schism, like some separate schism that started this specific war. You know, maybe mm. Megatron's methods were too were too extreme or or Megatron murdered uh, Tryon or whatever. Uh, mm. But but yeah, they're definitely the 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 Decepticons were in the right at some point. Megatron was right at some point, whether but then he was wrong later. Yeah. I think is is the is the message, and that's why that's why I'm hoping I'm really hoping, and this speaks to the no how there could be fewer humans in Earthrise. I really hope that there are flashbacks in Earthrise to the origin story. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see that too. Doesn't have to be like a ton because the story is probably relatively straightforward. Like the that they were friends, and then they fight the guy and then they stop being friends. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Do we want to answer the other question that we got from Kendall? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Kendall, why are you so tired? Well, you guys need to answer it. I asked the question. (laughs) Uh, It's been a draining day. (laughs) You you didn't get enough sleep last night. Oh, that's that's, that's a good reason. You need new sheets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really? I think huh. all three of those things are probably true. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few months on the sheets. Yeah, a lot of months. I think I was employed when I changed my sheets last. Oh. <laughs> and not at this job. Uh, need to buy some new sheets. <laughs> I don't need to buy new sheets. Although I did the last time I... Ch- Yes, the last time I changed my sheets, I did have to throw them away. Uh huh. Because my toenails were too long and I had ripped them. Anyway, this is enough about my bad personal hygiene. <laughs> you didn't have to tell us that. <laughs> it it was, just happened. Know, it's something. Yeah. I don't have my shit together. I'm a I'm a millennial. I'm a goddamn millennial. <laughs> so, Speaking of goddamn millennials, I was on being Jim Davis. The I Garfield was just about to ask this if week. there was anything that that folks wanted to plug. So there you go, Kendall. How about you go first this week? Okay, yeah, I was on. I was on all seven episodes of the of of this week's uh, Being Jim Davis, which is a daily Garfield recap podcast. I was on all those episodes, and it was really fun. It's one of those podcasts where the hosts like pretend like it's a bad podcast, but actually it's a really good podcast. But it is. It is, it has like one of those like kind of, these hosts have like, there's like an it factor to them and prob and, and having, having worked with them and, and done the, you know, done the whole thing and then actually listening to the final product and the way that they did the editing and stuff is like, is like, I don't know. They made me sound better than, they made me sound funnier than I was. They cut out the bad jokes. They kept the good jokes. <laughs> they... They and they just, you know, I mean, they've done 1400 episodes of their show because it's daily, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, which means that they record they record for two and a half hours on Friday nights or whatever. And then Mm. but that's seven. But that's seven episodes. But uh, they just like they just they just riff back and forth. It was like working with like like legit like improv actors 
they do the yes and thing like really well. I was just, I was, I was, uh, it was a, a huge learning experience for me. Nice. Sounds fun. Mm. I mean, and, I was and on any, anyone can, can, uh, can guest on it. They have a spreadsheet on their website Ooh. that you sign up where you sign up to guest host. So, oh, cool. That's yeah, fun. It was, yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Right on. Jordan, what about you? Uh, I was going to say that for what, for, well, the week before this, uh, this comes out, I was on, uh, alphabet flight. I got to talk about some of the new ones. Jesse's gone through the entire, all, you know, the original book run. Like, so that's over like, like 500, 600 episodes. Mm-hmm. And he's back up doing like, you know, three times a week. It's been going for a very long time. I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in case you don't know, alphabet flight is basically Jesse picks a, uh, a, a an article from the Marvel uh, official handbook of the Marvel universe, like something that they made back in the late, like late mid eighties to basically codify all their characters and stuff like that. So they got these, all these little inter- entries and stuff like that. So he's just been going by it one by one. And he got through all the original ones, all through the book of the dead. And now he's on the 89 update, which they basically did an addendum to and added stuff, which is when, uh, Basically, when Apocalypse first showed up and they started doing some really major things in uh, the X-Men stuff. So Archangel and uh, the uh, whole Fall of the Mutant stuff that was going on, like um, with Cameron Hodge. And and apparently, which I did not know, was that Cameron Hodge's group was The Right, like with capital T, capital R. Huh. Okay. Uh, Marvel and its names of, co- of, comic, care, of comic organizations. That's mm. right up there with They. And the corporation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's it's it's been a fun ride and it's and he's, you know, going through the new ones. So not only did I do a bunch this week, but, you know, he's still going on. He's just start. It's just started again. So, you know, keep an air out for that. And nice. you can find let's see the you can probably find it. The, Twitter's at Alphabet Flight. Uh, at on Twitter, so you know it's really easy to find, and you can also find me on Twitter at Dory Mingo at. Okay. Okay. Okay, it's good now. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, Adam, how about you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was Jordan. just gonna say that was all I had to say. So. All right, Em, how about you? What do you got? Um, you can you can catch me on Teenagers of Attitude. Um, it's on AudioEntry.com. We talk about Power Rangers. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at This Is Emeralds. Right on. And you can find me on Twitter at the real Gonmon, G-O-N-M-U-N. Uh, I'm retweeting shows. I'm interacting with different folks on there every once in a while. Sometimes I might post something fairly funny, but most of the time I'm just retweeting stuff. Um, something else I wanted to mention as well, since it is getting close to the fall, which means we are getting close to that time of the year again where we try and start organizing for extra life in November. Uh, extra life day is going to be going on November 7th this year. So we are hoping to once again, be streaming all through that day. I think we're going to be starting the night of this. I think we're going to be starting the night of the sixth, like we have before, depending on how, how many folks we can get. Uh, but we'll probably be going from the night of the sixth through all day of the seventh, probably straight through till the morning of the eighth. I assume so keep looking for us on Twitter in regards to that or listen to one of the podcasts. I'm sure they'll be getting mentioned soon. 
I'm hoping to see about maybe streaming something. Um, I've got Fall Guys, so I might stream Fall Guys for a few hours. Um, I might see about trying to pick up Among Us, which I've been seeing some streams of online, which seems really fun. Or I might even do like uh, some marbles on stream as well. So if you're if you're looking for some interactivity with the, with the audio entropy folks, we're hoping to have something there. And we'll be trying to raise some money for a good cause for some children's hospitals as well. So if that's all for this week, we shall say adieu until next week where we'll be reviewing the final episode of this six-part series. So until then, I've been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. Robot brains. Till all are one, folks. <laughs>